you're about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. Alright, this afternoon, as I did in the first service, I haven't seldom, it's been a long time since I preached on Mother's Day about mothers, and I want to do that this afternoon. I want to talk about what I call the perfect mother, the perfect mother, the perfect mother, the Holy Spirit, the perfect mother. Uh, and I want us to read the Second uh, Timothy chapter one and verse five, the Amplified. Second Timothy chapter one and verse five, the Amplified. Are you with me upstairs? Ah. I know you lost an hour, but you still came in the afternoon. Are you with me upstairs? Thank you for coming to church, y'all. <laughs> I woke up this morning and I said, Jesus, if I was in pastor of worship tabernacle. Uh, yeah, so I'm so glad there's not uh, streaming anymore. I'm sure you all won't come to church. Not when you lost an hour. Alright, you didn't lose an hour. You just invested an hour. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 5, they amplified. They told you to go to bed quickly yesterday. You didn't. I saw some young ladies in my office this morning. They all looked tired. No makeup, nothing. They looked tired. <laughs> they looked tired. <laughs> even even, even uh, I fell for them. I'm like, oh. <laughs> They've now got their makeup on, right? And someone was saying, Pastor, I'm sorry. I'm like, oh. It didn't stop me from still giving them the word. First, did I say first? Second Timothy, chapter 1 and verse 5. I remember your sincere and unqualified faith, the surrendering of your entire self to God in Christ, with confident trust in His power, wisdom, and goodness, a faith, a faith, a faith. He's talking to Timothy here. Paul is talking to Timothy here. A faith which first lived in the heart of your grandmother, Louis, and your mother, Eunice. And I'm confident that it is in you as well. Let me read the Message Bible. It says, your honest faith, and what a rich faith it is. Handed down. What was it done? It was what? Handed. Come and shout it loud at the back. It was what? Handed down. I all want the mothers who are taking care of their babies. I hope in the mothers and babies room, I hope they can hear me. I hope the stuff is on. They can see me. I want everyone to listen to this uh, today. It was handed down from your grandmother, Louise, to your mother, Eunice, and now to you. 
Second Timothy chapter 3, 14 to 15. Let me put, add this to you. The message Bible says, But don't let it phase you. Stick with what you learned. Did you see that? What you learned and believed. Sure of the integrity of your teachers. He was still referring to Louis and still referring to Eunice. He says, Why? You took in the sacred scriptures with your mother's milk. Still referring to the mother's milk. There's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. I don't have an introduction this morning. I just want to talk about the three facets of a mother as it also relates to the Holy Spirit. The first thing I want to tell, speak to mothers or ladies or women, you've got a very long weekend, isn't it? You started last week, Friday, and I still continue today. Yeah? You had Friday, you had Saturday, then you had Pastor Tinu on Sunday, and then you have Pastor Tai, uh, Isaiah, Adeshuba uh, 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 on Sunday. Wow, all right, let's go. Uh, the, the three facets of a mother. As it relates to the Holy Spirit. The first thing I want to tell all the ladies, and especially the mothers, is that you are the messenger. Turn to someone and say, you are the messenger. Not, not, not a man, not a man, not a man, not a man. Find a woman beside you and say, oh, women talk to each other and say, you are the messenger. I know they didn't say that because where they come from, when you say someone is a messenger, that means they're really subservient. No, 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 no. You are the messenger. Listen to me. Timothy's father was apparently a Greek unbeliever. Timothy's father. Timothy's father. Timothy's father. Listen to me carefully. Acts chapter 16 and verse 1. Uh, you could see, his, the Bible says, Then he came to Deba and to Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named what? Timothy. The son of a certain Jewish woman who believed. But whenever you see something say, but, that means everything before that has been negated. It says, but his father was what? Was Greek. Listen. So, we have no clue. Technically, you know, as theologians, we have no clue as to why a godly woman of faith like Eunice would marry a pagan man. We don't know why. The Old Testament is very clear that Jews should not marry outside the faith. And perhaps Eunice, though raised by Louis, her mother, in a faithful Jewish home, went through a time of rebellion during which she got married but later came to the faith in Jesus and allowed Jesus to become her Lord and Savior. We can only speculate. So clearly when we talk about Eunice, we talk about Eunice who was raised by her grandmother called what? Louis in the faith and that was passed down to this young man called Timothy. But the father of Timothy was not a Christian. He was a Greek Orthodox. So somehow this lady Eunice must have disobeyed the rules of the home, disobeyed her Jewish tradition and went to marry outside 
of the covenant of the Old Testament. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There must have been, it's a speculation, please don't take me to court to this, but it's this kind of speculation that she might have been rebellious for a while. So listen to this, ladies and gentlemen, especially ladies. There are many women in the Bible that did not have a good start in life. But in the end, they became a big influence in the Bible. Maybe she didn't have a good start, but look at where her son ended up. You have people like Ruth. Ruth did not have a good start. She came from Moab. But then she married, who did she marry? Boaz, who both of them became the great, grand, great, great, great grandparents of Jesus Christ. And a lineage, a Judaic lineage came out of them. Let's talk about Sister Rahab. Sister Rahab was a prostitute. Prostitute. Harlot. She was working hard business in King's Cross. And, 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 and what they paid her per hour was really expensive. But she began as a harlot and ended up to be included in the lineage and the roll call of great women of faith. I want all the mothers in the house to hear this. That you don't have to have a great name to make a great decision. I am a single mother is not a death sentence. You don't need a man to make you whole. You just need a God to make you whole. Many mothers allow circumstances to make their decision. Hence, the forces of their circumstances, it seems to sway them. Your decision, my decision is not going to be influenced by your mistakes. Eunice may have made the mistakes of marrying outside, but she didn't make allow the decisions of her mistakes to influence her future. Some women are not listed in the Bible by their names. Listen, the Shunammite woman, we didn't care what was her real name, we don't know. The little maid that pointed Naaman towards the man of God. We don't know her name. The widow who gave two mites that Jesus said she's given more than everybody else in church. We don't know her name. We heard the widow of Zarephath who fed Elijah. We don't know her name. They didn't put her name in and others. You see, the honest truth is, though you're not made to have your name in the headlines, Women, listen to me. Know your name. You don't have your name to break records. Though you may not win the wars and fight the battles, but God has made each one of you for a specific purpose. It doesn't matter what you have done in your past. The past is over and done with. You and I cannot change our past, but we can make a difference on how our future will be like. We all understand that some circumstances of a baby's conception may not be ideal. And many times it may be extremely sorrowful. Yet, the fact remains that every newly conceived child 
is a marvelous work of the hands of Yahweh our God. Every child, every child, I don't care how they were conceived, God still has a purpose for that boy or for that girl. So why, why are you a messenger? Because as the messenger, please make your life a message regardless of the mistakes. Lewis looked at Eunice and may have said, why did you do this? Why did you marry this man? But she kept giving her the message. The message is, pass on good faith. Pass on righteous living. Pass on the grace of the Almighty God. Pass it on into this child. And then you will be able to raise a child that will honor and obey God. The second thing you are as a mother is not, you're not only the messenger, but you are the maker. You are the maker. Listen to this. Dating back 3,000 years, the image of God as both the father and mother forms the cornerstone of the Judeo-Christian belief system. They believed that God was both a father and a mother. And indeed, the concept of a feminine Holy Spirit was virtually important to the ancient Jews. How do we know this? Because, and this is going to shock some people, mother is the first figure that you see in the Bible. In the book of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2, the Bible says the earth was without form, and void, that means there was nothing going right. And there was darkness, was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit, capital S, of God was hovering over the face of the water. Now, where the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water, the Orthodox Jewish Bible, where we get all our interpretations from, still uses what we call the feminine word Ruach. Ruach Elohim. That word spirit meant Ruach Elohim. In the languages that Jesus used, Aramic and Hebrew, Ruach, spirit, and Ruach, Hakodesh, means spirit, the holy. And they are feminine nouns. They are feminine nouns. In the Jewish Orthodox, they are feminine. That Spirit of God was a feminine noun that was used in the Jewish Orthodox religion. But Jesus does not suggest that the Holy Spirit is a woman for she has no body. But look at now what Jesus did. Look at the Trinity. The Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's go there quickly. The Lord chose to compare a family, his entire family, with the Trinity. In so doing, he calls the head of the family, the man, after his own name, Father. So we pray what? Uh, what? Who what? Hallow be thy name. So, the first head was the Father. Then he likened the son or children in the family to his own son. The second named person in the Trinity. Hence, we have in the Trinity a family. A person who represents God the Father 
And we have a person who represents what? God the what? The son. By process of elimination, we come to realize who represents the Holy Spirit in the family. There is only one person left. And that's the lady. This means that you, this means that you, this means that you, the woman, the wife, the mother, represents the Holy Spirit. I haven't finished yet because you may be wondering where is he going with this. If you would like to find your duties in life, just find in the Bible what the Holy Spirit is supposed to do. The Holy Spirit is the unseen one. Ha ha! And the mother in the house is always the what? Unseen one. The Holy Spirit, He is the one who is the mother. He is the one who gives others attention. The Holy Spirit says He is the comforter. And mothers and women are the best comforters you can ever come across. If you meet the man, the man will say, get up and get over yourself. He brings the discipline. He gives the, brings the macho attitude into it. But you know that your mother's shatter. no matter how bad you are, will even go behind your father and still comfort you and put their arms around you like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always be with you, will always be your comfort. He is the perfect mother that will protect you. He will teach you. We see even through my wife. I can see how. she. Jaden will come back from school and she will stay there with him. So even from church, immediately we get back from church. I go up into the room, take off my shoes, change, flip on the TV and watch football. Hopefully uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I watch football and as I'm sitting there, I'm hearing her what have you got left in your bag? Why haven't you finished your snacks? Why is water in your bag? Cleaning and teaching the bag and doing all that kind of stuff. And I'm hearing the noise as she's speaking to him. And as she's speaking to him, so the volume of the TV is going up. <laughs> Guys, are you with me right now? The Holy Spirit teaches us. So as a mother, they teach us. They are there for us. When the father says no, they pay for you. When the father says no, they're always there for you. They instruct you. They lead you. That's why many women, many girls, many boys wake up, grow up, always sort of resenting their mothers. Because the mom was always there. They only get older and say, oh, now I get what my mom was saying. Because when I was, grow- when I was growing up, I didn't like my mom. I mean, I probably hated my mom. My dad was, my mom was, hi, mom. One day I looked at her from a distance and I said to her, is it my fault that you didn't have a girl? I think she was angry that we were all boys. And so she stood like a rock of good water. Like I will take all of you out, including your dad. (laughs) She, she, She was strong. And then she would say, I am not cooking in this house. You guys will cook. I've said this story before. And sometimes, on, on Sunday, my dad has the audacity to tell my mom that he wants to eat pounded yam. 
high. And my mom would sit there, just back from church, and say, hey, you want pounded yam? You want pounded yam? All right. Taiwo. Kenny, come, your dad wants pounded yam. So that uh, yam tuba that is there, uh, go and peel it and put it in. She's giving instructions where she's sitting down, uh, eating granite. Uh, and then we're supposed to take a knife. We're supposed to peel the yam, peel the, the skin, the skin. But in my mother's case, when you peel the skin, you don't throw the skin away. You have to keep the skin to come and show her if you did a good job or not. Meaning that when you peel the skin and there is that white thing attached to the skin, you're dead. You're dead. So before you put anything in the water, you have to come and show her. And you know what, as you grow older, you have a bit of intelligence and wisdom. So, sometimes when we peel it and we see the skin there, before we take it to her, we will scrape off the skin. And then we will show it to her. I remember clearly this blessed day. Maybe it was Mother's Day. We took the skin to her. I know it was me. Because I can remember I'm traumatized. Ah! I looked at my mom and I said, where I came from, Britain, United Kingdom, we don't treat children like this. This is what is called child abuse. Better say that in your mind though. Because if you open your mouth, that's the last time you will ever talk. I took this yam stuff to her, the skin to her, and she looked at me and said, Well done. I should have known that my mom doesn't say well done to anything. But she said, Well done, because you bring it to her, she's sitting down, so you have to bend down, show it to her. And when she said, Well done, good job, I picked it up and turned and as I was going, I saw, I felt, didn't see. Because if I had seen it, I would have dodged it. Just two hands, not the two hands. I'm even describing that it was two hands. It's the impact that I felt. Pam! Right on my bare back, I screamed for Jesus. I'm like, what did I do? My mom said, do you think I'm a fool? I saw you when you were peeling off the stuff. And I looked to where she was sitting. I saw the kitchen. She must have got up. How? Can I, can I just look? What evil was in you to get up and to look? You knew something. Why? She looked. She saw things. And she was just eating. I just watching. As if nothing happened. And when I came, she clapped. That clap, I should know. From then on, you know. Even when she clapped and she meant it, don't worry, stay at a distance. If she didn't mean it, stay at a distance. So that you have more time to analyze the situation. She would, she would, she, ah, she beat the, the, the Jesus out of me. Ha! <laughs> ah, every Saturday, she would tell us to go on our knees and scrub the floor. How do you love such a mom like that? Ha! <laughs> ah, 
But little did I know that there would be a day where I will have to stand on my own. A day when I will walk into university and I have to manage what I have. I have to be able to cook rice in four different ways. I should be able to cook the yam in three different ways. I should be able to know how to stretch a little food for a very long time. I didn't realize one day I would find myself alone in the United Kingdom where I had to manage myself, where I had to clean up after myself. My dad used to speak about finishing touch, finishing touch. And his word finishing touch means when you finish cooking, you clean up and you wash all the plates before you even eat. That's finishing touch. Don't shake your head. I know how dirty some of your houses are. Uh, don't shake your ass. Uh, yeah, 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 I do it. Uh, no, no, you don't. Uh, even till today, I hear the word finishing touch. So if I cook, if I cook, if I cook, which doesn't happen because I've been traumatized by my mom. Uh, uh, but, 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 but if I cook, or, or when my wife wasn't around during the weekends, uh, she was doing the uh, women's stuff, if I cook or do anything, even with my child, I first clean up before I eat. It's something that was ingrained. I'm able to give my wife peace of mind because I don't mess up the house. I'm the neatest person in the home. Every Saturday, before not now, uh, I will wake up and I will clean the house. But I don't clean the house because I don't mess up the house. So why should I clean the house? It's you that mess up to clean it. Uh, I don't mess up the house. Because if you mess up the house, not only would you be beaten, you will be decimated by mom. Uh, but all these things were ingrained on the inside of me. Why? She was the maker. She was making a man out of me. She was making somebody out of me. Although at that time I didn't like it. But I know she was investing in me. Can I just take a detour and speak to some moms? Don't be afraid to keep doing what you're doing. Because although it doesn't bring rewards now, in the future your children will rise up to bless you. Am I hearing an amen from someone? You are a maker. You are a teacher. You lead. The main significance of the Holy Spirit is to be a mother to you. Listen to me, let me also say this, because remember, the Holy Spirit, the mother, the perfect mother, yes. In the beginning, the Holy Spirit was the womb in which the world was incubated and given birth to. The womb is also the symbol of the great mother. It is typically symbolized by the cave. And it is the sum total. The womb, the womb, the womb, the womb, the womb. It is the sum total. It is the sum total of all possibilities and all potentials. It is fertility. It is abundance. Women, touch your womb for a second. Your womb is the substance of all possibility. Men can't touch that. There's nothing happening there. They're just givers of life. You are an incubator. You are the cave. Potentials come from it. Fertility comes from it. Abundance comes from it. Even if you're a single lady and you're not yet married, your womb is a womb of greatness. God's work is hidden in, the, in a place of a woman's womb. How do I know? Psalm 139 verse 13 says, For it was, for it was you, God, who formed my inwards part. You knit me together in what? In my mother's womb. So, you are women. You are women. Mothers. She is the carrier of seeds and the producer of destiny. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Mothers of daughters are now daughters of mothers. Women can make Eden a paradise if she chooses to. Or she can curse everything in it as she did. 
A woman can make an ark, a lifeboat, and the river Nile, a nursery, if she wants to. Or she can curse her husband in Job's ashes of heap. A woman, she can ruin a nation as did Jezebel or she can save a nation as did Esther. She can fill the house with Mary's ointment or she can fill the house with Michael's hatred, the daughter of Saul. Anytime a woman is present, she determines the spirit and the atmosphere many times than does the man. Though the woman is not the head, ah, she is the neck that determines which way the head looks. Though she's not the arm, she is the fuel that gives it strength. Though she's not the strong cedar of Lebanon, she is the myrrh that makes fragrant the atmosphere. Though she's not the pillar of the temple, she is the altar of incense that makes every fragrant thing smell within its walls. The faith of Jochebed, Moses' mother, saved him from Pharaoh's words, saved him from Pharaoh's sword. Her early training gave Moses a sense of true identity, not as Pharaoh's grandson, but as a child of the true and living God. Let me explain this for a second. Here we have Moses. Jacobed was a mother. Where was the father? They was going to kill every child. The father had given up. Where was the father? Where was the father? The father had given up. But she made an ark and made it a lifeboat placed that boy in the lifeboat and spoke to the river Nile to be his nursery. How does a woman do that? She only didn't do that. Listen to, young, to, 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 to ladies who have young children. She only didn't do that. But she ran along to see what will happen to the child. Ha! Ah, this Pharaoh's daughter picked up the child and made the child her own daughter. But listen to the scenario. Listen to the scenario. And mothers who have children who are boys will understand this. So the boy is now Pharaoh's grandson. Are you following what I'm saying? So the guy lives in opulence. When he goes out in the morning, he wears an Armani shoe, an Armani tracksuit, an Armani hat or whatever. What was raining today? I have no idea. Uh, and I don't want to have any idea so I can keep my son from all that. Uh, uh, and so when he walks out, you can smell money. There was a time I was traveling with my wife. And these young boys came in, probably they're like 12 or 13, and they were walking before us, and it was the, uh, uh, I can't remember when she was there or something, I know it was the MH flight, I think I was traveling alone, it was the MH flight, and these young boys had this 
sing this uh, beat, beats, 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 right? Beats in the air uh, and, and the cap and they were just walking along and all that and we were all walking together and they took the stairs and I went under. They went to first class. I went uh, uh, to wherever the Lord told me to go to at that particular time. And just imagine, one, my son was telling me about one of his friends and said, that, oh, he just spoke to him, he's angry. I said, why was he angry? Because he had to travel to this country and they put him in business class. So he's angry because he normally goes in first class. And I, hey, 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 hey. Now, this is what, this is what Moses was used to. Moses was used to first class. Moses was used to being treated. When Moses stands in his chariot, everybody bows down before Moses. Moses was the grandson of, of, of Pharaoh and he was potentially going to be on the throne. When he cursed their people around him, God knows how many people would have taken his bath when he's taking his bath. Because in those days, they would get beautiful women to take the bath for their hair to the throne. When he's going around, he has protocol all around him. If he looks at someone badly and he says, the head is off. He had authority. He had might. He had opulence. He had money. The problem I'm seeing here, or the, 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 the thing that I'm seeing is, how does Jochebed, how does a mother, how does the mother be able to keep telling the child, you are not made for this Palace, you are made to be a deliverer of a nation. How does the mother keep putting Christ and faith inside a child when he's surrounded with a lot of distraction? How does the mother make the child grow up to a certain stage where the Bible says he despised the wealth of Egypt and he went out to deliver the children of Israel and identified himself with poverty although he grew up in opulence. How did the mother be able to instill discipline in a world that was falling? Why? Because she's a maker. She's a maker. And as a maker, you're an influencer. I'm not talking about this foolishness on Instagram. Where women are saying they're an influencer and all we're seeing is naked bodies. Where a woman says she's an influencer and all she's doing is writing hate things against men. And where she says she's an influencer and then she sits down and she judges men as if they're dogs. I'm not talking about all that nonsense. I'm talking about the fact that God, wherever you're sitting down this morning, you are an influencer. You are a maker of greatness. So you carry yourself with greatness. How did Jochebed's mother be able to instill God into a child that lived in a world where everything was mitigating against him? How? How, mothers, are you giving up on your child? Because he came home and he says, I want that 150 pounds Nike shoe. And you're under pressure to buy it for him. Because you're saying to him, I don't want him to go out and join the gang and steal. No! Pray him into grace. Pray her into grace. Tell her you don't have the money. Tell him you don't have the money. Tell them that, son, everything you need is not what is outside. It's inside of you. 
Leave that behind because that shoe in the next three months is going to be obsolete. But what you have on the inside will take you for life and eternity. You stand your ground. You are like a warrior. You don't give up. Because you are a maker and you are an influencer. One of the greatest blessings is to have a godly mother. How did Louis be able to influence Eunice? Even though Eunice may have stepped out and still produced Timothy. You are the greatest gift. Women, you are the greatest gift. Mothers, you are the greatest gift that you can give your children. And your greatest gift is to have, to be a godly mother. But sadly, the influence of feminist movement has caused the status of a motherhood to decline. Women are encouraged to find fulfillment in a career and not in raising children. I'm not bothered about you having your career, but I'm saying that when God created you, he created you to be a messenger and to be a maker of great destinies. Realize that what you pass down to your children is not life in the physical, but life in the spiritual. Are you hearing me? One important influence on parenting is what I call intergenerational transmission. That is the influence of parents' own experience as a child on their latter child wearing practices. Pastor, what are you talking about? Let's round up by saying this. Family traits are often passed down from parents to parents. And this cycle has been repeated for thousands of years. Some of these traits may be positive and beneficial, like nurturing skills, like valuing hard work or education. Uh, recently, was it yesterday, on Thursday, I was downstairs, I was doing the gardening, I was clearing the weeds, pulling out the weeds in the sun, and my back was hurting, and all I could hear is my son Jaden laughing on his fortnight. That fortnight is a nightmare. He was playing, and I could hear him laughing and smiling. And I was asking myself, I said, hang on, what am I doing? I said, the thought just came, bring him downstairs to come and help. And then I thought, no, this is hard. But then I remember that when I was 12, when I was 13, my dad would put a cutlass, and I was in exile. My dad would put a cutlass in my hand, and he would make me cut the grass. Cut the grass in front of the house, in exile, in Nigeria. I will have to cut the grass. I had to cut the grass. He didn't, he, there was no child abuse or abuse the child. He, he, I, he gave me the cutlass and I would have, would you enjoy yourself? Eh, we'll put a bandage. Next time you will know how to use it, what? Properly. So I was, all that was going through my mind, I just called and said, Jay! He says, yes, dad. And you know when he said, Jay, he says, yes, dad. He's still playing. I said, Jay! Yes, wear your shoe, come downstairs. He put, boy, put on his shoe, he came down, and I gave him one of the uh, implements I was using. He said, start pulling out the weeds. He says, uh-huh. I said, pull out the weeds. And he was looking at me like, is this a revenge? Because prior to that, we have had a discussion in me just walking into his room. And he says, dad, I said, what? He says, don't you read what is in front of the door? I said, what? I went out, I looked out the door, didn't see anything. I said, I enjoy what? He says, it's in front of the door, you can see it. I'm like, this guy, is, this boy is insulting me. He sees it what? And so I called him, said, show me. He showed me. And in this small placard, it says, knock before you enter. I said, I said, 
I said, in essence, you, 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 you're telling me to knock. He says, yes, it's that the decent thing. That, that means you shouldn't be rude. I said, there are many things I'm going to knock right now. <laughs> you don't pay any rent. You don't pay anything. You don't pay any money. And he had your audacity to communicate. And they said, yes, that's what parents do. I said, that's what your son will also tell you. My mom said that to me too. I'm saying that to you too. But right now, I own the room, I own the chair, I own the fortnight, I own everything, I own you, I will take you all out! Hey! Don't try me! I love the values of my exiles! Thank God they took me there! Because I will take you to places you don't know! So when he came down, he thought it was a revenge of the previous discussion. No! Stop pulling the thing out, boss. <laughs> and he was pulling it out. As he was, he said, but dad, this is hard. I need to kneel. And not only kneel on bench, because if your mom comes and this, uh, sh- this uh, trouser, it, I will be in trouble. Keep pulling. And then I will show him. He didn't do it as well as I would, but there's values that was being passed down. And fortunately, and funny enough, we had the best discussions. He talked about how school was going as he was pulling it out. He took how, how much he's now grown. How much some seniors will come in and get tell everyone to disappear. And he will stand there. I said, ah, in, when I was going in school, they would beat you. He said, yes, but, <laughs> dad, let's not talk about it. And then he keeps pulling the stuff out. I said, Come and speak to me. And so we had discussions. Because at that point in time, I was passing down values to him. But, 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 listen to me. Although we pass down talents, and although we pass down hard work, we also pass down negative and destructive behaviors. When negative choices and a bad home environment becomes deeply entrenched within our family cultures, individual members can become self-destructive and unknowingly pass down that trite. My grandfather was a pastor. My dad was a pastor. I'm a pastor. And I've done better than all of them in my past lineage. Likewise, if my grandfather was an alcoholic, and my dad was an alcoholic. I will be a drug addict and an alcoholic. Because it gets better, either or worse, as it goes down the generation. Listen to me. I've got to say this to some mothers and to some people. Uh, as, as you listen to me. These things, they pass generations. I did this in the first service, so I told her to wait for the second service to preach because she volunteered. Come. So she is the mother. Listen to this. Even all the single ones. Come, come, come. Give, give me, give me, give me the. So, so, uh, you won't fall. Just, so you can stay here. So just move, move closer. Yes, that's fine. There are many things that are called destructive behaviors anger, worry. Yes, yes, you had that child and that father is deadbeat. Yes, you had that child and that father is not taking care of it. Yes, you had that child and, 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 and you're still married, but things are not going well. 
Yes, you had that child and all you're passing down to that child is worry, is anger, is, 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 is negativity. And you have no idea that what you're doing is you're passing down those traits down to your children. In fact, you're so angry right now that you're beating them out of the head of somebody who disappointed you. And what you do is that, hold this, you pass, you're now in a chain. You're in a chain. You are right now, ah, this is destructive, this is hurt. This is anger. This is disappointment. Because remember that your child will do more than you do. And as you are passing down that thing, and some of you are mothers here, and some of you will be mothers, and some of you may be like Eunice. Some may make mistakes. But what you pass to your child, and what you pass to your generation will determine where you are going. And before you know anything, come Jason, you just say that, just say that, just say She passes that anger. She passes that disappointment. She passes it down to him. And remember that he's taller than her. So he's taking more on. Not only what he's battling with, but he's taking on over what she has passed down, whether seen or unseen. And then he gets into the chain. And the chain is pulling him so tight that he doesn't understand why on earth have I not made success in my life? Because pessimism has been passed down. Negativity has been passed down. Mothers, beware of the words that you're passing down to your children. Remember, we'll be careful of the behavior that you're having. And before you know any... Where, where's my grandson? Has he disappeared? Where is she? Is she out there? Where is she? Donna, come, come, Danny. Come, Danny. Oh, no, don't, don't, don't rush. Don't rush no, not for these people. Don't fall. And before you know anything, he's married. He's, he's got a child. And look at this beautiful son. But the son doesn't realize, hold son, hold this honey, hold this honey. Before you know anything, he's also round the chain. Sorry. He's also engulfed with the chain. One generation to another generation to another generation. And although he looks handsome, but what is on the outside is different from what is happening on the inside. So Eunice or Louis looked at Eunice and said, although you made a mistake, don't let the mistake define you. I'm still going to pray for you. And Eunice, I know he's a boy, he's a, he's a man, but just follow me. Uh, and Eunice decided to produce a boy who became the bishop of the first church. In the Bible. What are you passing down? Maybe disappointed. Maybe going through a stuff. But many of you don't realize. That you are putting generations. Into a chain. You have no idea. That what you are passing down. By the word you are speaking. Is making reverberations. In generations to come. And unfortunately. Some of us may not live to see what we have done. Because we do not respond to what we see. We respond to the Most High God. Three generations in a chain. Because of what the first mother did.
Okay. And some of you may be sitting down here. But my mother is dead. That's why you can begin a new life. If you pick up where your mother stopped, you will multiply what you have. Oh, you look at this woman. What has she done? I remember one time, she came to me. Pastor, what is my purpose? I said, giving birth to a son that will love God. They may not be in the echelons of the affairs of greatness. It may not be that. But Timothy came out of the pain that Eunice and Louise must have faced. And the woman has to make up her mind that this chain is never going to break until she first breaks her own. And when she starts to pray, she starts to lose generational curses. She starts to lose stuff. And immediately she does this. Everything starts to fall. Just like that. Because she decided to make the move. Remember, she is the messenger. She is passing a message across. Remember, she is the maker. What this boy will be may start to come from her generation. Can we break it? Yes, we can. But wouldn't it be nice to break it from the source? She's also the manager. She now, right now, is now a maker. Deborah now is a maker. She's a messenger. And now she's a manager. She will have to manage. Manage means nurture. Manage means care for. Manage means comfort. Whatever message she passes down to this boy, this boy is going to pass down to his wife. The wife is going to pass down to her own daughters and he's going to go for another generation. If you're promiscuous from here, promiscuity will find out in the next generation. If you mistreat your children by the anger of what your parents or your husband or your stuff has done, it's going to reverberate in the next generation. Church, it's time to pull down those walls and those chains. And men, men, stop being progenitors of evil. If you have a mother, a baby mother, I don't care what you call it, give her hope. Give her support. Let her hate you but love her. Find your children. Take care of your children. Fight for your children. Because if you don't fight for this generation, it is going to continue and continue and continue. Even if your mom is dead, you can, my mom is dead, start a new generation. My mom died, high blood pressure. My mom died because of worry. 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 She always worries. And many of us, if we're not careful, we're passing worry down to the next generation. No wonder some of our boys, especially black boys, are growing up and committing suicide. They didn't commit suicide the day they committed suicide. Suicide had happened from the beginning. Now you would find out that my purpose is not because of that deadbeat father. My purpose is to develop a great, loving generation in the name of Jesus. I cover you all with the blood of Jesus. I cover you all with the blood of Jesus in Jesus' name. You can go. Habitual problems may go back for generations in your family. 
Habitual problems may go back in generations in your family. Habitual problems may go back for generations in your family. But you can be the Louis, you can be the Eunice, you can be the Esthers, you can be the Marys, you can make better choices, you can make you can break yokes of generational dysfunction in your family. Listen to me as I close. My dad, when he wants to do something, he will have to struggle to get it. When it comes for promotion, he has to struggle to get it. They will promote everybody else except for him. One day, he looked at me and says, I don't know why this is happening. Because he also recognized that this also occurred in his own father's life. They always have to struggle. They will eventually get there, but their colleagues had gone there way before they get there. I wish he hadn't told me. But immediately I walked into university. Before I got there, they were giving everyone a bursary. You come from a certain place, they will give you a bursary. As soon as I walked into university, they said they stopped the scheme. It was so bad that when I went to serve, when you finish your education, it's like in Israel, when you finish your education, you spend one year serving. When I went to serve, I remember this day when I knew this is trouble. I was queuing for food. And as, as soon as I got to my place of food, they said the food had finished. And I knew... And immediately, my dad's word started to ring in me. I said, I have to break this. I have to break this. Because if I'm not careful, this will keep happening in my generation to come. I went to look for help. I went to pray. I went to fast. I went for deliverance. I declared upon my life that this stops from now on. And I know I'm still fighting but I'm producing a new generation. You can produce a new generation. You will never have a dysfunction, a dysfunctional family in the name of Jesus. Now if you believe that, shout amen! You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org UK. Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939. You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.